Hello and welcome to Reality Speaks. This is a podcast where we're here to answer questions. What does the Bible really say? What's really going on in this world? How are we as Christians supposed to live in this modern world? Today, uh, we continue our series. It is Youth Week 2021. Generational Curse Breakers is the theme, and tonight we have the man that preached tonight's service, Brother Nathaniel Hussey, will be uh, preaching in this message we have played today. The title of the message is Sweet Revelation. I assure you, you will be blessed if you listen. Please listen and let the word affect your life. For all of us tonight, and throughout the rest of this week, this whole week, God is just orchestrating something, He's putting it together, and He is going to transform not only lives, not only destinies, but entire legacies that's going to come out after people. So, if you would, I'm just ready to get the preacher on the floor, let's give give Brother Nathaniel Hussey a good hand as he comes and greets us. And tells us what the Lord has given him today. Oh, just give it to Jesus. I don't deserve it. Come on, take about 15 seconds and just act like you love Jesus. Let him know how much you love him today. How much has he blessed you? How much has he touched you? Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you very much to Brother Orton, Jake and Orton, Harvest House, all that had something to do with me being asked to minister. I am honored. Very honored. Mostly because I know some of the great men that have stood where I stand right now. And I do would not ever dare put myself in the same company as them. Most of them are people that I've looked up to, listened to their messages, and let it mold my life. But I do believe that God has given me a word for this evening, for this week. I honestly wrestled with it. I'll be real. I did. Very few times do I uh, wrestle with a message. But I asked God about five times if I could preach something different. I've changed the title of this message three times. And I've thought about using four different verses for my text. So, needless to say, if there ever was a time I know I'm in the will of God, it's right now. Because God says, you preach this because I said so. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. I don't want to go much farther without giving honor to my wife. I wouldn't go anywhere without her. I love her very much. She's what keeps me complete and not crazy. 
I probably drive her crazy, but she keeps me from being crazy. So it's all, it all works out in the end. All right, Galatians chapter 1. We're going to go to two different verses of Scripture tonight. We're going to go to Galatians and then Ephesians. So Galatians chapter 1, we'll be looking at verse 11 and 12. I believe he's got it up on the screen for you. It says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not of man, not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. I want you to keep those last three words in your head. Revelation, of, well, four words actually. Revelation of Jesus Christ. Now go to Ephesians chapter 3. We're looking at verse 2, and I'm going to go down to verse 5. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to your, how that by, there's that word again, revelation, he made known unto the, me the mystery, as I wrote afore, in few words, and I don't know about your Bible, but in my Bible, this next part's all in parentheses. Whereby, when we read, we may understand by knowledge in the mystery of Christ, for which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. I'm going to preach this title for just a few moments. Sweet Revelation. Sweet Revelation. If you put your Bibles down, let's talk to Jesus. Precious God, I love you. And I thank you, God, right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you begin to speak and you begin to minister tonight like only you can. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will use my lips. Oh, God, is your vessel. And speak through me like only you can. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah, God. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm getting a little more comfortable the longer I stand up here. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing for y'all. Revelation. Being a good student, I decided to go look up the definition of this word. And it says, A revelation is a surprisingly and unknown fact, specifically one that is made known by a, in a dramatic way. It is also known as making something known that was previously secret. 
probably my favorite one, is, is the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans. That's revelation. God gives revelation several times in the Bible. It uses the term that God gave a revelation. In Daniel 2 and 19, God gives a revelation to Daniel in a dream. In Romans 1, 17, Paul says God gives reveals righteousness from faith to faith. We could spend an hour just talking about that alone. The truth of the matter is, is you're never going to go from one revelation until you've you're never going to go from one revelation until you get to the next one. You've got to be revealed what's in front of you right now before God can move you to the next level. Far too many times they're saying, God, I want a new level. And God's like, you haven't mastered the one you're at yet. I can't give you a new devil to fight because you haven't defeated the one you're fighting yet. You're not ready for it yet. Sometimes we think God just doesn't hear our praying. No, God's just a lot wiser than we are. And He knows what we can handle. He knows what we can take. He knows sometimes we need to walk through some things and sometimes we need to be still and learn some things. I'm preaching to me too, so it's okay. Matthew eleven twenty five says, God has hid things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Did you know sometimes you can spend so much time reading books you miss God? Did you know it's possible that you spend so much time reading everybody else's opinion that you forget to pick up your Bible? I'm sorry, I like Matthew Henry too, but he didn't write the Gospel of John. You know, I, I, I like all the great out there that, you know, Charles Surgeon and all them that have good statements, but they didn't write the Bible. If I, if, if I want to know who wrote the Bible, then I'm going to have to take some time and get along with Jesus for some and I'm going to have to be asking Jesus, God, why did you put this in here? And why did you put that in there? And why is this so important? And why is that so important? Why is it that babes get it? Let me tell you, why is it that new converts sometimes don't struggle with the stuff some of us that have been doing this a while struggle with? I'll tell you why. Because they have not got confused by the book yet. They read it. They believe it. What's our problem? Just, just asking, what's, what's my problem? Someone can walk off the street and believe that they can receive the Holy Ghost right now, but yet I'm struggling with it. Because, you know, I look at them and say, well, I don't know if God could give it to them right now. Don't you know what they did? You know, I know their family, so. Lord, help us. Because they're hungry. And they're out there. And they're wanting it. If y'all don't know, there is a great revival for Crittenden County on its way. Because God don't put a church in a county and not to send to bless it. God didn't put you here for just because he wanted to fill up space. He didn't say, hey, let's put them there because I don't have no other place to put them. No, he says, there's some people there that need Jesus. 
So why don't I just put a small church there because I don't intend for it to stay small. God never intends for things to stay small. I notice y'all sing up here says multiply. That's the only way God does math. Don't believe me. Just look at scripture. God took two loaves, five fishes, fed 5,000 people plus 100 children. So God's way of doing math is I'll take five loaves and make it 5,000. So the way I look at that is if I've got five cells, God can make it 5,000. Y'all ain't hearing me yet. There's over 9,000 people that live in Crittenden County. I believe 5,000 belong to this church. Come on now. I'm off my message, but that's all right. I'm following Jesus right now. We got to believe faith right now. It's revelation. It's all about revelation. It's sweet revelation. See, the thing is, you're not going to get revelation from a book. And you're not going to get revelation from spending hours praying your prayer. There's only one way you get revelation. You get still and listen. Elijah was in a mountain. And he discovered God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the wind. He was the still. Small voice. He was the thing he could barely hear over the ruckus. Sometimes you have to silence the ruckus of your life so God can speak to your heart. Why does God reveal himself in a dream to Daniel? Because he's asleep. Nothing can hinder him then. Why does God only reveal it from faith to faith? Because if you get consumed with the end of your destiny, you'll miss what's right in front of you. I've done it. God's given me a prophetic word of the end. And I try to make it happen right now. And I mess up. Every time. Because I have to understand that God's timing is not my timing. And God's way of doing things is not my way of doing things. And sometimes God knows something I don't know. And so I just have to say, okay, God, I'll trust that you'll take me one step at a time from faith to faith. Because I've come to learn that revelation happens on the mountaintop. But to get from mountain to mountain, I must walk through the valley. And the valley is the shadow of death. But the trick is, I can't stand in the valley. I walk in the valley. I stand on the mountain. Like I said, there's a time to be still and there's a time to move. You got to know where you're at. If you're staring at a mountain, don't stop. Keep moving. You're not at the top yet. But if you feel you're at a mountaintop, stand still until God gives you something. Moses had to stay on the Mount Sinai before he got the law. 
Moses didn't walk off the mountain. He got all the law. Then he came down. Didn't matter what Israel was doing in the valley. He was with God. And when it came down, his countenance looked different. Let me tell you something. When you get a revelation from God, nobody's going to change your mind. Your countenance is going to be different. Your way of thinking is going to be different. Your ideas are going to be different. Your passion for the lost is going to be different. You're going to realize I'd rather be a soul winner than a preacher. If I teach one Bible study, it means more in the kingdom than if I preach five sermons. I'd rather spend three hours in a prayer room than three hours with friends. It changes your perspective. Oh, my, 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 my. I wasn't necessarily trying to get you on your feet, but I feel this tonight. Because I truly believe that the one thing the apostolic church needs more than everything else is a fresh revelation. We've been doing things the same old, same old, same way for so long we've made it a habit. And now God's trying to give us change after change and we're like, I refuse change. It's worked for 30 plus years, 50 plus years. Why change it? Because souls ain't being saved. That's why. Because Jesus is coming back and he's got a new method. And the old way ain't going to work like that. They don't want to accept it. They've been hurt by it. I don't think there's anyone in this building that don't know somebody that's been hurt by the old way of doing things. That doesn't mean it wasn't well right when they did it. It's just we might need to rethink the way we do it. Doesn't mean the message changes, just the method changes. Doesn't mean I'm walking a different path. It's just mean I'm on a different mountain. The valley here is different than the valley was there. Mm -mm -mm. First Corinthians two ten. God revealed truth to Paul by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. That's a powerful, powerful verse. When you dig into it. And you begin to realize. This Holy Spirit. Is proving. Everything. In your life. Around your life. About your life. And affecting your life. Whether you realize it or not. And the trick is. A lot of times we don't want the Holy Spirit. To sign some. Excuse the reference. Some light on the subject. For those of you that watch Pixar, you know that's from the Meet the Robinsons movie. But we don't want God to turn the light on. Because who knows what he might see. See, because we've got ourselves so convinced that if I don't let God shine the light here, then he don't know the darkness that's there.
See, we're convinced that God don't know the dirt that I swept under that rug right there. And so if I can forget about it, maybe I can convince God to forget about it. But what you don't seem to realize is God knows that dirt's what's keeping you from your destiny. Because you're so worried going, make sure it's still under, okay. I gotta make sure it's still under there, okay. I gotta make sure it's still under there. And so God's saying, I want you to go this way, but you take five steps backwards to make sure the dirt's still covered. Every single time you make three steps forward, you take five steps backward. If that sounds like your life, let God see the dirt. He already knows it's there. And let His Holy Spirit begin to cleanse it out of you. Because that's the only way you're moving forward. You can't move forward if you're always looking backwards. You ever tried to drive your car forwards when you're looking behind your car? You'll end up wrecking your car. But yet, that's the way we try to drive our life. And we wonder why we end up wrecking our life. Ouch. It's okay, that hurt me too. Daniel 11:32, one of my favorite verses, mostly because it's mixed in the middle of a bunch of verses that it doesn't make sense to be around. And I always find the irony in Scripture. It says, The people of God that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The whole world, if you read the rest of this chapter, you'll discover God has cursed everything else. Everything else is crumbling. Kingdoms are being destroyed. And then God says, side note, the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Then he goes on to say, this one's cursed, that one's cursed, this one's blood. There's power in that. God's saying right in the middle of chaos. When everything is cursed and crushed and falling, if you know me, you're going to be strong. Not only strong, but I'm going to show myself through you. Because that's the only way you do exploits. So God's saying this. In the middle of 2021, when we're still struggling with COVID and we don't know what tomorrow's going to happen, God says, hey, guess what? I'm still God. And if you take the time to know me, you will realize that fear don't have no well close to me. Fear can't stand close to me. Pain don't survive close to me. All those things that are trying to trouble your spirit can't last very long if you just get in my presence. Just get close to me. You got to know me. That's sweet revelation. See, revelation always precedes demonstration. You don't get the Holy Ghost till you get the revelation you need it. Yeah. 
You don't get a miracle till you get the revelation God's a healer. You don't get a prophetic word till you get the revelation God will give it. You don't get the understanding of studying the Scripture until you get the revelation, the power in it. I could keep going, but I think you get the picture. Revelation precedes demonstration. If you're wanting God to show up in your life, ask yourself, when's the last time you got a sweet revelation? Because the demonstrations in your life are always going to be determined by the last revelation you allow God to give you. Some of us are looking for something new and fresh. God's like, okay, I got it for you. No, I want something else. I want you to show up and show off. God's like, I can't do that. Why? Because I got to reveal to you how that works. It's not command and do. It's not name it or claim it. See, the reason why Jesus can say greater things than these shall you do because he trusted you would have a prayer life. Or better yet, a life of prayer. See, because you have to understand, before the disciples went out two by two, they walked with Jesus every second of the day. There wasn't one thing they didn't do in Jesus' presence. I could preach from that one for a while. Is there anything we do that we couldn't do in Jesus' presence? That's the dirt we put under the rug. Because we know he wouldn't be pleased with that. It's okay, I'm human too, I get it. But it doesn't mean we stay there. Because when God says, hey, I want you to sh- pull that rug up and say, we got to get that clean. Then it's my responsibility to say, okay, Jesus, clean it. God gave this message to me weeks ago, long before he even asked me to preach. And I put on myself on a pursuit. Okay, God, more than I want anything else, I want a sweet revelation every day. Because I believe that if I can get a revelation every day, the miraculous is on the way. I don't have to worry about what God's going to do. God always does something miraculous when He shows up. I just got to get Him in the room. God is always wanting to share things with us. But the question is, do we want to hear what He has to say? Second Timothy 1.12 I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him. See, most of these scriptures, I'm pretty sure most of us have heard or we read, we know. But have we got the sweet revelation of what it's talking about? Knowing scripture is great. Getting the revelation of the scripture is life-changing. You want to break chains? Get a revelation. Because you want to know what the enemy is scared more of? 
than anything else? You getting hungry for revelation. Because he understands that means you're going to get in the presence of God. He can't tempt you in the presence of God. He can't cause you to stumble in the presence of God. He has to flee from the presence of God. See, he can get you mixed up if, you, if you're just reading Scripture. He can get it all twisted and make you think it means something that it don't mean. And he can get you mixed up if all you ever pray is what you want God to do for you that day. Because then he can make you feel like you're just being selfish and it's all about you. See, he has many tricks in his arsenal. But when you say, God, I just want a revelation... And then you listen. The devil don't know what to do with that. Because he don't know how to fight that. Because the one thing he can't fight is truth. Because he's a liar. And he knows truth. And the truth is not in him. He can't help himself. He's going to fail whenever he faces the true revelation. Sweet revelation. we got to let God begin to shine the light in our life. Because as God begins to reveal himself, we begin to know him more. See, I feel like Thomas gets a bad rep. I do. Because we want to bash him for not having unbelief. Could it be possible it wasn't that he didn't believe Jesus was arisen? He just wanted God to reveal to him the proof. Amen. Yes, I know it says, Jesus says, Blessed are those that have not seen but yet believe. But notice he never criticizes Thomas for asking to see his hands and feet inside. He just showed it to him. Because when you say, God, reveal yourself more to me, God's not saying, I don't know if you should do ask me that. No, he's saying, here you go. Amen. You are my bride. Amen. I'll share whatever you want me to share with you. Because if you want to get close to me, I long to be close to you. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. God was heartbroken when he could not find Adam after they ate the fruit. Adam, where are you? Don't you know this is the time we spend together? Yeah. And everything after that was because God is righteous and God is holy and he could not go against who he was. And he realized that the tempter had caused them to lose the revelation of who they were walking with in the cool of the day, every day. The issue was not the fruit. The issue was the loss of the revelation.
because they no longer saw the tree as something to get away from. They had established the principle, I'm not going to eat it or touch it. Help themselves out. They gave themselves an extra boundary. And you know that because God told Adam about the tree before Eve was ever created. So Adam was the one that told Eve to not eat it or touch it. But yet, she lost the significance of that revelation. And we see Adam lost it too because he just very quickly ate the fruit also. He didn't argue with her. Okay, so we're having this for dinner. Didn't think twice about it. Don't tell me Adam didn't know what tree that came from. He saw the tree before she saw the tree. He watched God create the tree. He had the intimate conversation with God about the tree. He knew that tree next to the other tree. There wasn't a part of the garden to eat and Adam did not know. But yet, he lost his revelation. And when he lost his revelation, a snake got in the garden. And when the snake got in the garden, the rest of the story you know. What happens when we begin to be stagnant? I'll tell you. What happens to water when it gets stagnant? Next thing you know, you see frogs. Frogs are not a good thing. If they were, God would not have used them as one of the plagues. John ten fourteen, one of my mother's favorite passages, says, I am a good shepherd and know my sheep. Here's the part I think a lot of times we forget. It says, and am known of mine. A lot of times we forget what makes you one of his sheep isn't just that you know him. That he knows you. And vice versa. So if you stop pursuing Him to know Him, you're walking away from the flock even if you're still attending church. You can backslide and never leave a church pew. I'll just be real. Some of the most faithful church members I know could be some of the greatest backsliders you'll ever meet. Why? Because they worship going to church instead of worship Jesus. They've convinced themselves that if I walk in the building, I'm safe. I just got to make it to church. And I'll be okay. That is the most deadly, spiritually deadly philosophy you could ever have. Because it'll teach you that prayer life don't matter. And studying don't matter. And getting close to God don't matter. Yes, I believe in going to church as much as the doors are open. But it's not saving you. It's keeping you saved. It's not there for salvation. It's there for fellowship. Because we need each other. 
I need what Brother Heath has to offer. I'm kind of sad I can't be here the rest of the week to hear the rest of the preachers, but be honest with you. I'm looking for, I, I'll just say it. Y'all are getting some of the best preachers coming. I looked at the dais for this meeting, I'm like, man, y'all got some good ones. I don't know how y'all picked me. But here I is. That's called a comical segue for those of you that caught it. Missed that. I learned that from my granddad, by the way. If you give a hard statement, use a comical segue. It breaks up the tension. This scripture, Psalm 139 and 23 through 24, I firmly believe should be the daily prayer of every good apostolic person on the planet. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me, here it is, and lead me in the way everlasting. revelation what is David saying God I want a fresh revelation search me know me make sure there's nothing that's going to keep me from receiving your revelation you want to know why so many young people are not in the church they don't have a revelation look I talk to young people I work with young people I get it but we've got to get a re- we've got to get them to get the revelation that this is real, that heaven is real, and so is the other place. And I'll just be real. I don't want them to go there. I'm sure the kids in my Sunday school class think I'm crazy because I will not stop hounding them about having a relationship with God. I say it every single week. I drive them crazy. I drove my brother and sister crazy when I lived in their house about it. Because the truth is, if you don't know Kim, you will miss ever living with Him. He can't use you if He don't know you. He can't move through your life if He don't know you. He can't minister to you if you don't let Him know you. We all know the difference of talking to somebody you know and talking to somebody you don't know. We all know the difference between me having a conversation with my wife and me having a conversation with some person on the street that I just met. We're supposed to be His bride. We're supposed to be His children. I've never met a child talk to their parents the way some of us talk to God. Ouch. But some of us are more scared to pray than we are scared to talk to sinners. He loves you more than you'll ever know. Calvary don't even tell you how much He loves you. That's just the stamp He put on it. 
Long before that he was proving he loved you, he created everything. He said, I'm going to put this in the ecosystem because they need it, and I'm going to put that in the... I'm going to put this grass here and that grass there. He says he knew you in your mother's room. He counted the hairs on your head. And he said, just to put a stamp on it, I'm going to die on a cross to prove it. And I'm going to give them my blood to cover them. So they don't have to wrestle and struggle with whether or not they're saved. All they have to do is receive my love and let my spirit live in them and lead them and guide them into all truth. And I've got it covered. We spend more time wrestling with our salvation simply because we don't let the Holy Ghost lead us. If we just let it lead us, we'd know we were saved because we'd fill it. I feel like I'm almost pulling out every cliche I use on every young person I've ever preached to in this message, but I'm just being real. If you don't feel God inside you, you need to check your spirit. I'm going to say it. We had God moved during song service in here. Powerfully. So powerfully, if we would have tapped into it, I would have never got to preach. Because the angels of God showed up in a big way. They were expecting us to respond. I love the preached word too, but I didn't have to preach. I want to see Jesus do something in somebody's life. Because He's coming back quickly. And I don't have time to pretend. I'm sick and tired of watching young people be more interested in going to a club than going to a church. I'm sick and tired of watching young people more interested in grabbing a drink than grabbing a Bible. It drives me crazy when I see that young people can tell me more about TV stars than they can biblical persons. They can't tell you the books of the Bible, but they can tell you every member of any TV show they've ever watched. Lord, help us. Psalms 9 and 10, and I'm... I'm Hurrying, I promise. They that, they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. To know the love of Christ with passive knowledge. Ephesians 3.19 That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Matthew 7 and Matthew 25 both hint to the fact of what I said earlier where Jesus makes the statement that on that day many will do great things for God but they won't go to heaven because he'll say I never knew you. I don't care how many people you've prayed through. It don't matter to me how many messages you preached or how many people you've talked to about God. Do you know Him? 
You can pray with somebody and watch them receive their miracle. You didn't do anything. God did that. Do you know Him? We live in America. And because we live in America, it causes us to do something that many other countries don't struggle with. Which is we base our spirituality on performance. We have a performance mentality worse than any other country in the world. And if we're not careful, we'll create a scorecard for God. We'll say, well, you know, God loves me because he did A, B, and C. And I have a ministry because I prayed these people through. And I can preach this message, and I can preach that message, and this one clapped, and that one clapped, and this one applauded, and that one applauded, and this one patted me on the back, and that one patted me on the back, and this great preacher, which I love, decided to recognize me, and they knew my name, so, you know, that makes me a great preacher. I'll just say it. I work at Carhartt, which is also where Dustin Lee works. He's one of my bosses. Today he stopped me in the parking lot, told me he was praying for me, made me feel good. I like him. He's an awesome guy. But him stopping me in the parking lot doesn't make him any more of a preacher or any less. It just makes his brothers in the Lord. That's it. And now I know I've got a great person praying for me right now. Hallelujah. Because I need prayer. But the truth is, all that prayer and all this study, and all the time that people have spent investing is worthless if one soul is not saved in the midst of it. It's worthless. It's words that fall to the ground and bear no fruit if a soul or a life is not changed. If somebody tonight has not got the passion, I want to know him more. I wasted my time standing up here. But if I can get one that says, oh, if I might know him, oh, that I might know him in a deeper way, in a more passionate way, oh, I can leave here with a smile on my face knowing I did my job well. Because the truth is, if you get that burning desire on the inside of you, you're going to make every other preacher's job this week so easy. Because they ain't going to have to preach very hard to get you in the altar. They shouldn't have to call you out to get you in the altar. If you want to know him, honey, I'm on my way before they finish the message. I don't have to figure out where the prayer room is. I'll make my own. That's knowing him. Oh, I want to know him. Oh, I want to know him. Oh, I want to know him. It begins to engulf you. It begins to surround you. It begins to become something you cannot escape. It becomes sweet. I've never met anyone. I, I choose the word sweet on purpose. Because when you get this down inside... It becomes like that sweet you can't resist. 
and it just gets better and better and better and better and better. Every time. Every time. And suddenly you wake up one day and you realize you're not struggling anymore with what you struggled with before. Y'all can stay standing if you like. Musicians can come. Suddenly you begin to realize. And I'm closing. If I can just get just a little bit closer, Jesus. And God, and God I'll, I'll quit talking. And let you begin to shine some light in my life. Let you begin to show me things about yourself. And let you begin to show me things about myself that I need to let go of. Because even John the Baptist said, He must increase and I must decrease. He understood the principle. He had got the revelation. He had done his job well. But now it was time for the next man to step on the scene. So in order to do that, he had to step into the shadows and let Jesus take the spot. That's become my prayer. Even tonight, I say, God, I don't want to have the spotlight. Let me be in the shadow. That you might be in the spotlight. Because if it's all about my preaching ability, no one's leaving different. But if he gets in the spot, and you begin to see him for who he is, you begin to see the blood, and you begin to see the grace, and you begin to see the love, and you begin to see the mercy that was extended to you all those years ago. And his hands are still reaching out saying, do you, how much do you want? Do you really want to know me? I'm right here waiting. Will you search me? Will you know me? Will you put aside the stuff that's distracting you? And will you say, I just want you, Jesus. Oh, it's become my passion, God. Whatever you give me, I want to know you. And I want to make it to heaven. That's it. That's all I'm after. Sweet revelation. And a heaven. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God,
pursuit there's great ministry in the house but with come but great ministry comes great sacrifice it requires you to push aside the things that might distract you and say I just want Jesus and only Jesus and until I have Jesus nothing else matters Every day, every moment of every day, God, I want you to be a part of him. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Because I know my destiny is tethered to my pursuit for you. Hush, 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 hush,